Okay, good evening everybody. And uh, we're going to actually pick up, as I mentioned last night, with a different mimer of her Freelander, and that is um, this Sicha was given on the 17th of Tishrei during the Yom Kippur, or 20, the 27th, so it was 17 days uh, into the war. Um, obviously, when the war started, it was Yom Kippur, and then they had they were in break, and no one exactly knew what was going on. Um, this was from the first times they were back in Yeshiva. They actually pulled Yeshiva back in early uh, because of the war. They felt that the Torah study was important. It's... You know, sometimes in life you get to mentally prepare for things, um, and other times you're thrown into crisis mode uh, right away. It was, it was really no preparation. And this Yom Kippur really was that reality, that they went from... Uh, <clears throat> in 1973, the average is really... They had just six years won, or six years earlier won the, the Six-Day War. There was really a feeling of uh, strength, of invisibility, of, you know, a great situation. And like this, everything, not only did the only thing change, that the, the country really almost collapsed in the first two days of the war. As I mentioned the other night, that Moshe Dayan, on the first day of the war, put his head on, this, on, on the table and said, Chorban bias shlishi. It is the destruction of the Third Temple. Now, actually, two years ago on Yom Kippur, uh, I actually used the Yom Kippur War uh, based uh, on my drush. I actually mentioned that there's a book called Smarter, Faster, Better on how in the world Israel messed up. They had their cognitive tunneling. that They were not able to see all of the warnings of the war. And um, you know, and how the Yom Kippur is supposed to wake us up to see our own warnings in life. That's a very different to- topic. But in this drasha, uh, Freelander talks about it. The title is, it's in Bitochem, is Limud Darche Shamaim B'Sha'asam to see the ways of heaven during a war. During, during a war uh, where things do not look good. By the way, it, it was around this time where Israel actually ran out of weapons. They, they literally... Uh, ran out of weapons, and there's all kinds of discussions uh, why America airlifted le- weapons. One of the claims, and there's quite a few people who claim this, whether it's true or not, I don't know, is that uh, they actually Israel threatened to use nuclear weapons against the Egyptian army because they were out of conventional weapons, and they told that to Kissinger, um, and that's what convinced America to ship over tremendous amounts of weapons to bail Israel out. Others say that, you know, Kissinger wanted to be rushed. I mean, there's, but, but certainly, uh, at, at a certain point, it really did not look good for the Jews. Uh, and in general, both during and after the Yom Kippur War, it was a traumatic experience. And it was traumatic in the sense that it took away the aura of invincibility, the feeling of comfortability, uh, it was at that point that people felt very vulnerable, uh, where just a short time before that they felt, you know, normal seeing as well as we, we, we have a huge plot of land, they'll never start up again with us, the Arabs. Uh, it's only a matter of time until they come to us and our terms. And that, the Yom Kippur War really shattered that, and it, it, and it was a very traumatic war for the nation. So this was given again 17 days into the war, and Rafila says as follows, Yanis Moshe Mipanov. So, let me see the Pasuk. It's just easier. So this is, of course, this is the beginning of 
שמייס. Hashem tells Moshe, go, you go out and, and you know, get the, 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 the people out. And they're not going to believe me. They won't listen to the voice. God never, never came to you. Hashem said to Moshe, what's in your hand? Mata, he said it was a staff. He said, throw it out to get the ground. Moshe threw it on the ground. Of course, we know that it turned into a huge snake. But Yanis Moshe ran um, ran from it. So he quotes the, the following Medrash. She said, so a Roman matron said to Rabbi Yossi, My God. Uh, 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 is greater than your God. Why is that? She said because when that your Bible even says it, when when Moshe went to the desert and he saw the snare, hister part of Moshe. Moshe hid his face, but when the staff turned into a snake, it says Vayanus Moshe. Part of that Moshe ran away. He ran away from the snake. And he hid his face from the um, from the, the, the uh, from the snake. Now, just as a as a, a parenthetical, when the Torah says that this Roman lady said this to Beersheba, it doesn't mean that it happened that way exactly. What it means is that this it could be it did happen, but more likely that, that what the Medrash is doing it's a dialogue to understand something, right? And, it, and a Roman would say, "Look at he runs away from the snake, and he hides himself from the burning bush." So Hakadosh also says our friend Hakadosh Baruch Hu also as a moifes imanachash lechizik hamuna. God actually turned the stick, the staff, into a nachash in order to strengthen Moshe Rabbeinu's emuna. V'oise matruna his alma mikach, and this Roman lady thought she Moshe betchil lakach makal vehap vahapach lanachas. Below Sama Lev, she says, "Ah, oh, he ran out of the stick, but she didn't pay attention." Shulavasayif, but at the end, the, the, the snake turned back into a stick. She stopped at one point in this whole, in the whole fi- watching it, that the snake, uh, the stick turned into a snake, in order to buttress her silly beliefs in idolatry. Of course, snakes uh, historically were were l- large parts of uh, many idol worship, and so you see that the snake she she like stops in the middle, and that's my proof. But Mokhmalis at Yachas, instead this Yachas leikol achich menus emunas Hashem isbach to show the emunah in Hashem, bachra dafka sachelik hashuli v'hatafel letzorchem nasa. She took. The, 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 the most minor point in order to strengthen her own false faith. Why did she do this? Why didn't she look that this snake was a stick and it turned back into a stick, into a staff? Right? Because she wanted to. In other words, she wanted, you can, you can, she didn't want to see anything but that 
look at my state. I mean, by the way, we can talk about cognitive dissonance, right? In politics today, you see that on both sides. It's, it's not, there's no one side. Everyone will pick the one aspect they want. They'll, they'll use it to prove their point. Um, you know, in many things in life, which, which are even more existential than that, people will take one snippet and they, because they want to, they want to, they want to rationalize, they want to, they want to believe what they want to believe and they don't want to have to change their beliefs. Um, so why did you do that? Because so you think you saw if you can bring a, a, of any miracle a stick, a staff turns into a snake. That's a miracle. How does that happen? And then it turns back. It should strengthen your faith. On the contrary, though, she it strengthened her idolatry. And this is an amazing thing, said Rabbi Freelander. Our sages teach us. Somebody's far from Emunah. We think, you can see, we think we see a miracle, of course everyone believes it. No. A person doesn't want to believe. They can see an open miracle right by in front of their eyes. Uh, and still, and still, uh, do what you want. There's not a proof. You don't have to see a proof. You can argue against, uh, you can argue against it. It's talking again during this during this the Yom Kippur War. If this is our, our challenging job to see um, how Hashem is running all of the small de- details in all of the services, and not just to pick the parts that are matimim l'rtsoneinu, that fit our viewpoints, that are really, that we want, we, we could accept and tolerate. So rather to look at what's going on, and to, to learn, to, to live the, 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 the truth. So what it, that, this, is, this is how a freelance story, starting with this medrash. Here you have this Roman lady looking at the, the whole sequence of events with Moshe, Instead of seeing a, a stick turn into a snake, into a stick and seeing the, the miracle, she says, no, it strengthens my faith in my snake. So what does Rabbi Yossi say back to her? So Rabbi Freelander is starting this by explaining this profound medrash. So Amr Law, so Rabbi Yossi, brother, just so you should know, Rabbi Yossi uh, ben Chalaf, that was one of the five great students of Rabbi Akiva, Rabbi Shun Bar Yochai, Rabbi Mer Balanes, Rabbi Huda Bar Yilai, uh, this is one of the five great students. Uh, so Rabbi Yossi says, Amr Allah, tipatz ma'isa. Your bone should, you know, it's a way it was uh, a, 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 it was a way of saying you, you should be destroyed. Your bone should literally turn to, to dust. Bishan, shenigil al-kinem isneh, lo haya mokum livrayach, ana haya barach l'shamayim, l'yam l'yabasha, Right? Who think Moshe was actually running away? You think Vayanas means he was running away? You're in front of God, there's nowhere to run. Hello, Why when it's by the snacks? When it's by the snare, when it's by the burning bush, you can't run away from God. God's everywhere. 
Right? We say Hashem is in the heavens and the earth. He, he floats everywhere. But the Nachash, who is your God, came and shot him Borech two or three steps, he could save it. That's why the Yanis Moshe Ipanov. Right? That's why it says Yanis Moshe Ipanov. So Rabbi Freeland explains as follows. It starts up a little technical, but he's going to make his point. Rabbi Yisaya Yachola Frechas Devarah, the Chuvapshuta, he could have answered her. He could have answered her with a simple thing. He could have just answered Sharik Moshe Achaz Biznavo. You say, Moshe, what happened in the end? He picked up the tail of the snake and it turned back to a, a staff. Therefore, it's not a god, it's fake. Ain't it a loiha? Ela Shamana Kazeh, Shemavata Lechalutin is Hamitsir Shalavarazara, Shalohaisa Mikabelis. You see from this that if somebody's really uh, completely an agnostic atheist, an idolater, um, you know, or a person today who uh, is has no faith, just no context of faith uh, or values for that matter. You can't, you know, tell them things that they they, they just they can't hear it. You know, um, I, you know, if if you tell certain people something that goes completely against their lives their viewpoints, they don't hear it. They they can't hear. It. It's called cognitive dissonance. Uh, on the bottom, he does bring down before you just go further. So you see from over here that when you're when you're talking to someone to teach them the truth, or if someone is very crooked, uh, they won't in general accept yours. If you just give them a KO punch, ninety nine point nine percent of the people um, uh, will not buy it. We won't buy it because they can't buy it. They, you know, if I would say, t- tell a guy to, right now, right, he's uh, breaks every Shabbos, he eats pig as his favorite food. His job is against the Torah. His marriage is against the Torah. His everything he's doing is not uh, in the line. And I say, okay, let's talk about the proof of God. He's not going to want to hear that because the, the cognitive dissonance is just so great uh, that that it, you can't hear it. So therefore, Rabbi Yossi, what he did is um, he says he tries to even according to your own belief system, right? Um, you see that God is stronger. It means he didn't get into to nullify her God. Because even according to Omer's system, come back. Like an Amr he says to her, even according to your own ideology, worldview, uh, him, that a snake is a God, which is not, no, don't say your God is strong. You see your God is weaker. He can run away from the snake very easily. Moshe was able to run away from the snake. He can never run away from Hashem. Uh, you can't escape from God. You can run away from a snake. Instead of arguing the snake is not God, he just said, even your point is not true. In these tough days of war, says Rufinger, this is really the, the discussion, right? The, the discussion is not between us and the nations of the world, or even, and certainly not our enemies. It's really God speaking to us. You know who's knocking on the door of Israel in 1970? On Yom Kippur. Huh? On, the, on the holiest day of the year. On the day where we have an accounting. You know who's knocking on the door? It wasn't Egypt, and it wasn't Jordan, and it wasn't Syria. They were, you know, actually, for sure it wasn't Jordan, they didn't join the war, but it wasn't Syria and Egypt. Right? It was Hashem. It was a wake-up call from God. 
we're affected by the streets around us. And of course, He says, everyone's looking at the news. What does Assad want? What does Sadat want? What are the Russians doing? What is, you know, what, what in the world is America going to... That's how everyone's looking at it. And, and the whole world's consumed by it. Uh, and the newscasters are focused on that. And everything around them, that is the, the discussion. And it just was, why Egypt? And why did, you know, why did they realize that what was Goldemir's stupidity and these generals and, and what were they thinking and how did this happened to us? And will we have enough reserves? And what's going to happen to the economy of Israel? We can't have all the reserves called out for all this time. This is 1973. It was still, really, is, in 1973, Israel was essentially a third world country. Um, but, but, no, that's not what we should do. Of course, he's not saying, don't take the, not take the war seriously, not to do everything that's needed. No, no, but war is the heart of the matter. Right? And say, what does Hashem want from us? What does Hashem want from us at this point? When we're in this terrible situation, what does Hashem want? What does Hashem want from us? And then he says, but Aleinu Lizar, and we're having this discussion. What we want to see. Don't think, oh, okay, I'm going to decide what Hashem wants for me. And we're going to see like that Roman matron, that Roman lady, what did she see? She saw something that justified her life. Yeah, she saw the snake. It, it justified her. So you can actually look, okay, I'll look what God wants, but you, what, are you, what are you looking at? What's the, what's the discussion? Are all, is all that you're seeing is what you want to see. No, don't do that. Leave our own biasnesses. Even more recogitating and contemplating and being introspective. It's so easy. Actually, the default is to follow our own biasnesses. And even the miracles will pick on one angle to, uh, that, which allows us not to really make uh, serious changes and improvements. But the hacker is called Ovdus Laishran, Kadesh Nishma Vinikabo is Tvar Hashem Elokane Bishlemus, in order to hear and to accept Hashem's words Bishlemus. Because the only way you'll see the message is if you're really open to hear it. And it's, and you, and it's so easy, not just for a Roman later, but for all of us, to, to not hear our messages. Uh, and, and, and in a war, we can, or in a COVID, in our own time, we can miss the boat because. All we want to see is our own, through our own prism, uh, that this, this, this proves everything I thought about, uh, you know, about everything. Okay. He says, this is just the, the title. In the 60 word, words, we saw a, 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 a tremendous level of rachamim. He's going to talk about the, the two hanhagis. Uh, of how the wars were, the difference between the six-day war and how he felt God then and how he felt God in the 73 world. And it's true, by the way, <laughs> you know, there, all of us, in, in all ways in life, there are days of joy and days of sorrow and days that we feel the and the days um, where it's just so difficult. And the message is, is, is a different message sometimes. But there's always a message. 
in all of our lives, you know, belief in God, belief in Torah, believes that Hashem speaks to us constantly. There is a hashgacha that, that it's there for us constantly. So in the Six Day War, is lo we felt God's overwhelming mercy. With Muhammad Zu, Anu Roim Shemaim Shaina. In this, it's just contrasting here. In this war, in the seventy three war, the Yom Kippur war, we're seeing a different way God is dealing with us. From the previous war, the Six Day War, Az Then, in the Six Day War, the two weeks before the war, were fear, were nervousness. The Konanis Gashmis Rukas The whole nation prepared militarily. The reserves were called up. Sandbags. They were preparing cemeteries. They were doing all kinds of military strategies. And we had weeks to prepare, two weeks to prepare spiritually. We were davening and ready, doing what we could spiritually for that war. Malayim tefillas, before the Six-Day War, we were filled with tefillas. Bakasha sarachamim, supplications for mercy. Ba'ad kedekach gavra hadaga, ma'asum ha'oymed la'asrachesh. And he said, it was so great, the fear of the tragedy that, that potentially could happen. There was a serious concern. That a large percent of the citizen population would actually be killed. We had huge areas prepared for funerals. Those weeks before the Six Day War, it brought a tremendous inspiration, Atsuma. And then after that, within a few days, um, with, with, in, 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 there were victories built in Sipuyim. There were things we never imagined would happen. The conquering of Jerusalem. And the rest of, 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 of ancient Israel. Yeshua's Kedalus. And tremendous salvations. Very, very, relatively very few people were killed. We never thought it would, it would turn out this way. In our wildest dreams, we didn't imagine that would be. Hamavr Bira Mikta. We literally came from one side of Bira Amikta. Shal Ema, the Pachad of fear and trepidation. Le'igrama. We were literally, please Hashem, save us. Just let the, just take away Egypt and Syria. Let it go back to the way it was. Just let us go back to January 1967. Get us out of the situation we're in today. That's all they wanted. Just take away the Syrian and Egyptian army. Get the Russians out of the, uh, out of the Middle East. Take their, their planes and their warfare. Just let it go back to the way it was. Return to, return to the way it was. Not only did it not return. What happened in the Six Day War, it was literally from like low to the highest you could ever imagine. For the first time in Jerusalem, since uh, 1900 plus years earlier, was under Jewish hands, right? Jerusalem is now under our hands, right? We, we were victorious in ways that we could have never imagined. And the truth is, I've heard this from many people, that the first real tshuva movement started in the Six-Day War. Uh, certainly in Israel, it was a tremendous, the swing of emotions. You know, there are people who just, you know, could only see God. Uh, you know, Anru Oz, 
G'dayli Yisrael, and at that, that time there were, were G'dayli Yisrael, the greatest sages, who said, that Hashem is giving us tremendous mercy. Now, I, you know, I'm not here, I, you know, when you think about the state of Israel, um, you know, with all of the Hakara Satov that we have, Baruch Hashem, our own dominion and sovereignty, you know, it's, it's, it's not about waving a flag. We're in this world to serve Hashem. If you have uh, Israelis or American Jewish Jews that don't keep Torah and mitzvahs, uh, and we're content with that, and certainly if you have a state uh, which the, the, the public system does not teach about Torah mitzvahs, on the contrary, very often it's not, you know, again, I don't, it, it, there, there's a lot of bracha, but I think we have to be honest enough to realize that this is, if you would have Isaiah or Yirmiyahu, and they would go to a public school in Israel, even today, so certainly today as well, there would have, you know, there, there are a lot to lament. Uh, if they would go to a Tel Aviv or a Haifa, they would have a lot to, in any large parts of Jerusalem, uh, the religious world, the Haredi world, they all have plenty to work on, uh, and the sky's the limit for that. But uh, we're talking about a system which the system itself is not Taramitzus. It was, you know, secular Zionism was a replacement. Now, did it achieve certain things as far as the state? And yeah, I'm not here to get to historicity and, and the, good that, that, the good things that the state has provided as well. But it's not the way it's supposed to be, right? It's not supposed to be like that. And it's supposed to be his service of Chuba. So the Gdelam are saying, you know, and we lead, of course, the religious Jews should certainly be uh, at the front of the pack of doing Chuba. But Hashem's waking up. It can't be that Israel uh, is, a, is a secular state. That is not the future. That's not, that's not, not the Messianic vision. And, and I'll say it for ourselves, I said this once or twice before, we live today in a reality where we have accepted that. I'm not saying the way that all religious Jews deal with it is correct. Um, there are people who make grave mistakes in how they deal with our brothers and sisters who don't know what Torah mitzvah is. Um, grave mistakes. But whether you deal with it correctly, incorrectly, what's what's clear is you can't uh, deal with uh, uh, with any Jews anywhere except that this is Kali Yisrael, that we, the majority of Jews don't keep Shabbos or or, 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 or many other halachas and many mitzvahs that have really no deep connection to Hashem. So it, the war was there for us to do tshuva. Um, and all of us, by the way, every single Jew in the world. Uh, but certainly, I, I say this because I'm pained by, by, by all Jews who, you know, we get used to certain realities and accept it. And then we think, okay, we can't change it, we can't do anything. No, we certainly should be dominating for it, at least dominating for it. Uh, that, you know, our vision of when we look at Israel should be every Jew keeps Torah mitzvahs. And the state is a state sponsor of Torah and mitzvahs. How you get there, I'm not here to discuss that. You know, um, but that, that's, Hashem speaks to us and He speaks to, to Israel also. Who are His children? Every Jew is His child. Right? Call yourselves His children. Uh, and it's la, it's la harus to be true. And so Hashem gave us on the Six Day War the biggest gift the biggest gift, it came to us, we were literally in Auschwitz. That's how we felt. And we ended up with dancing in Yerushalayim. When you see that picture, right, 53 years ago with those three kibbutzniks with their hats off and they're in front of the coastal and the, and the blowing of the chauffeur and dance. I mean, it's an amazing reality. That's what it was. It was literally, you read, if you really want to have your heart, if you'd have like a, read the papers straight for the two weeks from the war, Two weeks after, I mean, the, the 
the swing in the pendulum. It's like a guy on his deathbed in the hospital becoming a marathon runner. It's like the swing was so incredible. And I know we get used to a story, but the emotional swing, the Yeshua, the salvation, the redemption, the bracha was so intense. And it was the chuva. It quotes the, the Ramach, the Ramosh Kardavaro, in Termer Devaro. Shafilo Adam Machsik Bechit. Even if a person is has uh, hung on to sin, in a kosh baruch hu machzikafa, God does not does not permanently stay angry. The machzik, and even if there's a period of time, it's lola ad el yivato kaaso afil shul yashuv adam. Right, Hashem will not be permanently angry, um, even. If a person doesn't do tshuva, even you see that by your days of Yerov and Ben Yoash, uh, who was an idolater, who had some merits, and, and because of those merits, in the time of Yerov and Ben Yoash, this is not the Yeruvim from the beginning, uh, during, uh, who was after the, during Rechavim, who was during, after Shlomo, but a much later king at the end of the king period, Yerov and Ben Yoash expand the borders of Israel. Uh, Gadol Yosef Mizman Sharmalchi. So now he's saying this in 1973 when he had the Sinai Peninsula. He's actually in 1973 until 1979, uh, the the borders of the state of Israel, which included all the Sinai Peninsula and what's called the West Bank in Samaria uh, and the Golan, was actually all that together was bigger than ancient Israel. Mizman Sharmalchi Israel Kira as Hashem is Ani Israel. Because um, he saw that, he, you know, he saw it, and it's actually quoting out of these psukim from Malachim Bey's Perakidai, the time of Yerav and Ben Yoash, they were idol worshippers. He was giving them, again, the time of Yerav and Ben Yoash is, not that long before the actual destruction of the, uh, or, uh, actually before the, actually the, the, the banishing of the ten tribes, it, it was only a couple of generations earlier, a few generations earlier, uh, they had this gift. Maybe they'll do tshuva if there's such abundance. Maybe they'll say, how did we get this? What, what, what brought this to us? The hakara satayv, the feeling of salvation. Uh, sometimes the, the challenging, the difficult doesn't get tshuva. The fun, sometimes she changes the hanhaga. Maybe because of rachamim rabos for Yeshua's kedolas, they are not deserving. It will wake us up to do tshuva. Um, and he says something which is interesting. He says in the previous war. Vatsala, the hardest part of this huge salvation. People crying and worried, and like weeks later, you know, weeks later, they walk out. Uh, but it left that that, uh, that uh, motivation and that his service for the majority of the people. Uh, you know, when the war was over a few months later, they went out of life and they forgot all of the trauma. It was like, went on. Uh, went on uh, maybe two years, three years, whatever it was. It didn't last. That they it didn't transform Israel. It didn't transform the people 
of 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 Israel. It didn't transform. And again, it, it's not just those our brothers and sisters who must be transformed. It's us as well. Uh, all of us have to be transformed. Um, and then do that. And I, again, I, I, we're not yet to talk about COVID, but I, I honestly, I think to myself, like we have all this for two months plus, uh, how many people were transformed? Like you think to yourself, this is crazy, right? And how many of us transformed? Like, and speak to ourselves. We don't have to worry about the world for the moment. Like we should be asking ourselves, how have we transformed ourselves? Like have we heard, not a message we want to hear, not a viewpoint we want to see, but have we really seen and heard the message we need to hear? Muhammad Sazu, and he's going to contrast it to, this, to, to, the, to the Yom Kippur War. Just one thing. I don't know if we get to the next part. Abu Muhammad Sazu, Muhammad Yom Kippurim. In the Yom Kippur War, the Hashem, the, the, the war was completely the op- it was like almost the opposite of the Six Day War. Like the Six Day War, they had weeks to prepare spiritually, uh, uh, militarily, even to have, make the economic decisions. The, the, the Yom Kippur War came mamish for 99.99% of Israel without any warning, without any preparation. The Petach. Nobody was ready for this war. The army clearly wasn't ready. And even more so, not the nation. They were not ready uh, physically, economically. People were ready. Weren't, they, weren't, they weren't mentally prepared for war. And the Nafshas either. They were not spiritually prepared for the war. He appeared, saw Pitoimis. The war literally came from nowhere. To the average Israeli, not to that. Now, average Israeli, to almost all uh, Israelis, Kiram biyam bahir, like this, uh, this you know, biyam uh, like like in a, in a clear day, no clouds, nothing, zero zilch. It's sunny, not a cloud in the sky, and all of a sudden, this lightning bolt comes smashing down from nowhere, totally nowhere. Um, and it was only as the, the war started when it was clear that ex- total existential danger that we were in. Uh, the Yom Kippur War, and this is day 17 right now of the war, there had been at that time, this is a fact, at that time, there have been no clear victories, day 17. It'll be weeks before the third army gets uh, they, gets surrounded by Sharon in a, in a whole v'nahapuchu. Uh, and there have been many casualties, right? The casualties in the Yom Kippur War were, were, were far the highest. Well, actually, it's the 48 War, which was a different, for different reasons. Hacharad of Apachad, G'doylim, were living in a world with many, which much fear. We don't know what's going to happen, right? This is day 17 of the world. This is, this is life. We know what's going to happen, but they didn't know what's going to happen. Matzaveno Ata, our situation today, right? I wonder if it was the first day you should have got back to us being some. But he said, our situation and our today is not like um, the Six Day War, where we had lots of preparation and we had lots of quick victories. In fact, we, were, we even thought we'd have a peace treaty. Whatever. Right now, we don't see anything uh, like this. Uh, we're going to hold here. I will pick up tomorrow night. 
Um, but these challenges, uh, these are our challenges today. You know, I, I think that seeing the 73 war or the Six Day War or in general, hearing what a person like Confrey Leonard says is super important. Uh, I, you know, as I was reading the thing of the, of the snake and how you can even see a proof of God and you can even think you're looking to hear the message and you can totally just hear your own message that you want to hear. You know, I, I honestly, I think to myself, uh, you know, that's what we're here for. We're really, we're studying this uh, not to learn Torah. We're, we're getting midst of Torah. We're learning all of this, everybody, to change our lives. Hashem made COVID to change the world and to change us. And Real Bitochan is all about that. Okay, we will pick up tomorrow night's